Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. You know, it is a privilege to share. It's a privilege to be part of a congregation and, and uh, do what God's doing right where we live. So, I was reading a story uh, recently about two guys who were um, well-known evangelists in the 18th century uh, in England. And you might know their names. Their names were George Whitfield and John Wesley. Now, George Whitfield and John Wesley, we know them as people who were on fire, had lots of evangelism that happened in England. And the evangelistic explosion, really, the two of them kind of co-authored that thing as it happened there. What we don't know so well sometimes is this. They had a major disagreement, a major theological disagreement, that it was so intense that they began writing works against each other. They began speaking out against one another. And actually, their followers got so upset with this whole thing that they began starting rival churches just down the road from one another. It was an intense time, um, even though they kind of realized that actually they kind of both had some gifts to bring their intense dislike for one another went on for a number of years. And actually, for about 10 years, this thing continued. Other evangelists came in, tried to heal the divide, uh, didn't have much success in that as they worked together. But what they began to realize was this, that their, their things that they did together were more important than what divided them. And they began to realize that their own relationship of connectedness was greater than the divide and the disagreement that was kind of brewing inside them. Now, I don't know if that sounds uh, interesting or like that sounds like something of today, but let me just tell you, if you haven't looked around recently, there is so much of that happening within our own churches and within our own cities and country in which we live that everywhere you look, there's an opportunity for people to take offense, to see shocking posts, um, to have rants, and all of those kind of things that show up, even hateful tweets that show up sometimes. At the same time, our country is just becoming more politicized and more divided as we watch what's happening. You know, you're bound to find people that disagree with you, but during this particular time, the contention has actually raised to another level of how much contentiousness there is between people. And as we've been talking about in this series, Citizens of Heaven, we are to be living different kinds of lives. The church, us, people that are part of the church, the believers in Jesus, are actually to be living a different kind of life than what uh, the world around us is living. So how is a citizen of heaven especially uh, supposed to live during this time when there's intense disagreement? Let's pray because I think we need the Holy Spirit to show us some stuff and we want to look at what, what the Bible says as well. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that you have come before went before us in all of this, like you are not surprised by any of these things that are happening, and that you want to interact with us right where we are as believers. And Lord, we're supposed to be the light in the darkness uh, around us. So right now, give us great insight and great wisdom, Lord, and let our hearts be open um, even this morning as we speak a little bit for the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, I'd like to start in the Bible because that's a great place to start, but Hebrews 12, the beginning of the chapter, uh, the writer who we could have possibly been Paul, people are not sure exactly who the writer was. There's a lot of disagreement among scholars who, the, who wrote it. There at the beginning of that, though, he is giving some correction, and he's actually talking about a couple of different things about 
here's some things you guys should be correcting. Here's some ideas. Here's some help for you. And actually, in verse 14, he says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So, just for the next few minutes, we're going to get kind of real and just try to see, kind of break out what does it look like. And I'm going to jump around in the Scripture a little bit because I want you to realize that as we go through this, there isn't one verse in the Bible that talks about this, but it's an ongoing theme throughout Scripture that we're actually, as believers, we are supposed to be setting the bar differently than the world is setting the bar. I know that's hard. I know it's intense. I know it can be like churning in your spirit sometimes. But I do believe that God's called us to a higher call. And I want to look at that this morning because I think um, over these next few days particularly, but even over the last few months and over the months to come, our call as believers has not changed. It didn't suddenly change over the last few days. It's not going to suddenly change over the next few months or weeks, no matter what the election process looks like. And so we want to talk about that just briefly this morning. So how do we go about connecting with somebody who we strongly disagree with? Because you, if you haven't found a strong disagreement, you will. Um, you're, maybe you're just too young to not have found one, but you, you will find one. And you will find probably a strong disagreement, one that you feel is like, much like Whitfield uh, and Wesley, one that's going to maybe possibly divide you. But, you know, in this thing of connection, what I want to talk about this morning is connection particularly. The idea of love and the idea of connection Many people believe those are two of six things that they can identify as basic needs within our human uh, body. The things that we really need to survive and thrive are connection and love. But they're closely tied together. There's a lot of override. There's not, they're not the same thing. And the more research I did, the more I re realized that trying to do this message in a few minutes is going to be really hard because there's actually differences. But there is some places where they overlap. And actually, love and connection are very similar. And I thought it might actually be helpful for us to look at 1 Corinthians 13 just for a minute to see this idea, what does it mean to love people? And that connection is actually part of loving uh, those people around us. So 1 Corinthians 13, and this is out of the NIV, um, just a couple verses here. Love is patient, and you're probably familiar with this. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So, Love and connection, like I said, are closely related to one another. So what does connection look like? So that's what we're talking about. We're going to focus in on the connection uh, this morning. Well, first of all, it looks like love. Connection means despite the circumstances, we're going to go ahead and demonstrate not only faith, but we're going to love people. We're going to actually make attempts to show love and make peace when really we wouldn't have to, but we choose to. So... We can't control the other person, and some of you may have read Danny Silk's book, which I love that book, um, but it's, one of the things he says in his book is he says this. He says, we can only control ourselves on a good day. We can only control ourselves. We cannot control others. But love looks like actually controlling myself. That's part of loving others. And Ephesians says it 
talks about it. He says, get rid of bitterness and rage and kind of the things that are the opposite of love. So we just talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. Ephesians 4 comes back and says, be kind and compassionate. But he says, get rid of rage, get rid of anger, get rid of slander, um, and all of those things. Because he says, Christ forgave you, so he went first. He showed us an example of how to forgive. So we're following the example that he's leading us in. You know, when we pray for those we disagree with, we shouldn't just pray that they come to actually see it our way. We should actually be praying that we actually see those people in heaven. And you say, oh, I don't know if I want to see them in heaven or not. I really disagree with them. Well, yes, okay, you get it, right? Like, not just that, oh, I just prayed they would agree with me. No, let, let's, let's pray bigger than that. We come to see things are not just our way, but actually God's truth. We actually want people to see God's truth. That's actually in John 14. Our ultimate hope would be, obviously, not that we necessarily have two separate ways, but that at the end of life, we end up at the same place. We want to we see people in heaven. We want to take an eternal perspective. The second thing I believe um, connection is, is listening. You know, one of the most loving things we can do for each other is to listen. My mom used to say it this way all the time and would remind us regularly. She's like, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. And that might give you some idea how much you should listen and how much you should talk. And you can use that over and over on your kids or you can use it on yourself. But it's still true today. It's one of those things that as we look at it, uh, James 1 verse 19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You know, it's pretty tough when we say we love people, we care about them, and we want to connect with them, but we don't want to listen to them. And this even comes into disagreement, and that's really hard because when we disagree, I don't want to listen, right? And in this political time that we live, there's plenty of disagreements. And there's plenty of times that it's pretty easy to just shut it off. You know, you go to Facebook and you just silence them for 30 days because you don't really want to hear what they have to say, right? Um, nobody does that but me, right? Like, you, you guys never do that. But what's the Holy Spirit highlighting? I think that's something you have to consider. Like, what's being highlighted to you? Is the Holy Spirit highlighting something to you somewhere? So when you're listening, He may be highlighting something. He may be thinking about something that's like, you need to think about this. So as we listen, think about this. What filter are you listening through? Because we all have filters. We all listen differently. It takes us a little bit sometimes to realize it, but we have to take a little bit of time to realize, how am I listening? First of all, listen to understand. Like, Take time to sit and go, oh, that's what you mean. Don't be thinking about what you're going to speak, but what are they saying? What's happening? You know, when someone else is started stating an opinion they feel passionate about, listen to them for a minute. Not that you have a comeback for them, but listen for their opinion. Why are they so passionate about it? Like, what's kind of got their ire up, or how did they hear it? How did it work in them? Because... Sometimes when we listen, we realize that the filter that I'm listening through is actually maybe a little broken too. Or maybe just a little cracked. It's not broken, right? 
Uh, theirs is broken, mine's just a little cracked. But, you know, there's a little shimmer there. Something's not quite right. So sometimes when we listen, though, we realize, oh, oh, okay. And sometimes we realize that they're coming from a place that we're just, we're just not in the same spot. But we can take time to listen. We can show love. We can listen to what they're saying. And as you try to understand what they're saying, it might help us to think about, like, what's the connection? Think about connecting, not necessarily defending. Think about where they're coming from. What is their perspective? For a long time, and still to this day, I don't necessarily love cherries in dessert. In fact, sometimes if I think about it long enough, it can make my stomach not feel too great. And you say, that's ridiculous. But here's the deal. You don't know where I came from with that. You don't know why that makes my stomach feel bad. You assume I don't like cherries, right? No, actually, it's not that I don't hate cherries. It's not that I don't hate cherries. It's, it's not that at all. But you see, when I was about 11 years old, and I can remember this way too vividly, we had a cherry dessert at our house on a Sunday for lunch. My mom picks big lunches. I didn't have any cherry dessert that day. Everyone got sick. Now, when I think of cherry dessert, here's what I think of. You probably think of cherry dessert. Oh, cherry pie with ice cream on top, eating it with your family. How good that might be. You know what I think of? The smell of... <laughs> yeah, you heard it, right? The smell of sick stomachs, the sound of people, you know, yeah, that, that, it's not good, all right? They're throwing up, and yeah, it wasn't good. So when I think about cherry dessert and you think about cherry dessert, we're actually thinking about exactly the same thing. Our perspectives are miles apart. That's often how we have to think about things when we are in disagreement. We're like, I just don't see how you can see the world that way. And they're like, I just don't see how you can see the world that way. That looks like great cherry pie. That looks like throw up to me. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's how we come, we have to come together. We have to listen though. Get perspective. Hear what people are saying. And when somebody feels understood, they actually feel connected. And for those of you who are married or considering dating, you might take a little hint here. Um, maybe I feel a little convicted. But listen. Hear. Take time to connect. Take time to understand where people are coming from. It takes time to do those kinds of things. Thirdly, I'd like to notice that I believe that when we connect, it, it requires humility. It requires me admitting that my view may not be the same as yours, and it actually may not be quite correct. It might actually be just a little tainted. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. You know, humility is acknowledging we aren't always right. Humility is acknowledging that there might actually be a better way than my way. Humility is actually asking someone, so what do you think? And then really considering what they have to say. In other words, we have to see other people more significant than, than me, than myself. You know, humility goes along with correction is another way that we show humility. Proverbs uh, 9 has a comment, and I'll just talk about it a little bit. You can read it later if you want to. It's um, in Proverbs 9, but it talks about this idea that be careful about 
who you're correcting and who you're not correcting, and then be careful about yourselves. Because when we are correcting or when we are corrected, what is our response? Is our response as a mocker and shoves it away, or are we receiving correction? Are we taking time to listen? And actually, Proverbs refers those people to as wicked people and mockers who don't listen. You know, while, while this, it's valid that we like to look at other people and we want to consider the reality that we say, oh, that's on you, the reality is we have to sit and examine our own hearts. We have to take time to say, well, how do I respond to criticism? How does criticism sit with me? Can I receive it, and can I do something with it that's positive, or does it make me defensive? And I, do I feel like the need to say, no, that's not about me, no, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't touch me. You know, the Bible is pretty clear that we are to be people with, of, of wisdom, and we should use wisdom, and we should get wisdom. But one of the ways we get wisdom is as we humbly come before one another and we actually have conversation and we connect with one another. That's partly how God gives us wisdom, partly how it works through us. I'd also like to just look at one other thing that I think is important as we think about connection, and that's this. Pray for each other. You know, one of the most connecting things you can do in disagreement is if you pause and pray together, if you take time to do that. Matthew 5 says, love your enemies, pray for those who, pers who persecute you that you, may, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. The idea being take time together. Love those people around you who are not like you. Rather than calling them enemies, can we just say that they're people who don't look like us? They don't look like us. They don't believe like us. There's a lot of things that aren't us in the person that we're talking about. And what he's saying is take time to pray for them. Take time to see what God is doing and what he's saying in each of those, in those, each of those situations. You know, when we sincerely love others, we actually pray for them. I mean, most likely, most of you in here, if you have children, you have prayed for your child or you are going to pray for your child. And you do that fairly regularly. Why do you do that? A lot of the reason is because you love them and you want what's best for them. And we'll do child dedications in a minute and that's, that's, what, that's what this is about, right? We love them. We want the best for them. We pray for them. We sincerely take what's best for them in our hearts and then we do something with it. We literally don't just sit and say, yeah, I love you and don't do anything, but we actually engage. Proverbs uh, 15 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. You know, the latter part of that verse says, the mouth of the fool gushes folly. And I think as we humbly come before one another, we're able to interact with one another. We're able to take their time to love each other, to listen, to act in humility, and then to pray together. You know, no matter what the issue of this day is and what it might be currently, and there's plenty of issues today, plenty of them. They are scattered all over the place right now, so there's no shortage on, on those issues. Instead of getting angry, instead of taking offense, instead of taking time to maybe post something or make it your status, would you take time to just say, you know what, I'm going to take a step back, I'm going to pray, I'm going to love them anyway, 
And if it's something that's you, somebody you know and you feel like this is an, something you need to have a conversation with, connect. Now, I'm going to suggest in connection, I'm going to suggest something to you. I'm going to suggest that in connection, it requires something. It requires sound. And it's not the clicking of a keyboard sound. It's the sitting down, having conversation sound. It requires us to do more than just send an email or send a text or, 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 or send a, you know, a quick uh, post or a, a messenger. It requires us taking the time to say, hey, can we have a conversation over coffee? Can we sit for a little bit? Because when you sit face to face and you have conversation, something changes. You connect. And over and over in Scripture, we talk about it, when we love someone, we connect. And as the body of Christ, as believers, which most of us in this room are believers, we are supposed to be living in a place where the Bible says we are supposed to be connected. We're supposed to be in connection with one another. I told somebody this morning, I said, you know, it's really hard for me not to want to be preachy about this, but can I, just for a minute, just for a minute, can you hear me? with no defensiveness when I say this. Church, people in this church, people in the churches around us, the church right now is more divided than it has been in a long time ever in history that I remember, but probably not ever in history, but ever in history that I remember. We're supposed to be the example. Not of how not to do things, we're supposed to be the example of how to do things. We're supposed to be following Jesus' example. You know what Jesus did? Jesus connected with men who eventually killed him. He connected with men across political lines, the Romans. They weren't good people. You say, oh, you just don't know the evil that's in our world, Jim. I'm pretty sure there was evil in Jesus' world, too. And he's called us into so much more. I really believe this, guys, with all my heart. I believe he's called us into so much more in that how connecting is not accepting everything. Connecting is simply taking time to say, I love you enough that I want to see God's best in your life, even though we are miles apart on agreement. And all I see is the pukiness, and all you see is the goodness, and we're like, we want to come together, right? Can we take time to just say, Hey, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. We're going to do this better than we've done it. We're going to work together. You know, Jesus who connected across lines with people who were so far from him, there was no similarity in what they believed, but he connected with them. Did they ever come to agreement with him? Nope. They killed him. That's the example he's called us to. And, you know, back to kind of my story at the beginning George Whitfield and, and John Wesley never came to agreement. In fact, um, it said that later in the story that while the two of them never changed each other's minds, they became great friends. And actually, uh, George asked John to preach his funeral sermon um, because they became great friends. I think it's a great story of how it works to connect in spite of disconnection. And actually, in that fray, in that funeral sermon, John coined the phrase, we decided we were going to agree to disagree, but we were still going to be friends. During this time of frustration and high tension and high intensity, and during this time of like, Lord, what's happening next? Would we take time 
to let the Holy Spirit highlight someone to us to say, reach across the line. Take time. You know, I wouldn't be surprised that what God's not highlighted someone to you already. And if he has, I would love for you to take time either this week or sometime in the very near future to reach across the line to say, we're just going to have conversation. That doesn't mean we're necessarily going to have all the agreement, but we're going to love each other enough to have conversation. That might be taking somebody to coffee. It might mean having somebody to your house for dinner. I don't know what that looks like for you. Um, it might just be a genuine conversation over some other thing. But try taking time to say, I know we disagree. We see the world very differently. But what are the things where we can say, yes, and we can come together, and as believers, we can literally begin to change the world. When we are in dissension and disagreement, the world, I believe, sits back and kind of laughs and says, see, they're no different than us. They're just like we are. But we are different because we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Holy Spirit who can highlight things, who can highlight people, who can give us words to speak. He is there, ready to help. He is the helper that we need to connect, even when things are tough Times are tough and disconnections are everywhere. The Holy Spirit wants to help us connect. And I believe that's true. And I believe that you can look throughout Scripture and you can see over and over how the church in persecution would connect with people that were not like them. They would connect across lines. But their goal was to see people come to know who Jesus is. They wanted to see him in heaven someday. That's the kind of thing that we want to see as well. So I'm going to invite you into that conversation and just say, who's got highlighting to you? Take time to do something with it. Make an action step for yourself if you need to. But remember, we have an example to follow. Jesus' example, not, these are not my words. Jesus' example was what we're following. Not because we should, but because we're called to. Because what the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do during this time when it's not, very, not so fun is for us to step into that place um, even, even now. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for um, just everything you're doing, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, in our minds. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord, as we reach across, as we connect with people who are, we are maybe either struggling to connect with or disconnected from, or even we've reached out and people haven't responded. Lord, I pray that uh, you give us the strength even now to continue to hear what you're saying. Lord, to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking in us over and over and over and encouraging us in so many ways. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. Thank you for loving us. Give us a great day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.